pinholes. What are they? Where do they come from? And how do you avoid them? Stay tuned. You're listening to Tim McKinney from ITW Evercoat. Evercoat, the brand trusted by more shops for automotive and marine repairs than any others for almost 70 years. Bringing you continued innovations like Optex Filler with color-changing technology and Optex Superbuild with a built-in guide coat. And now, here's Tim. Well, hello everyone. Tim here with Evercoat. Pinholes. Boy, just the thought of them, having to deal with them, brings up an emotional reaction, gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. No one likes dealing with them. Well, what the heck are they? Well, all right, they can be a cause from a couple of different things. Uh, I'm going to try to break this down. Basically, it comes into four different categories, four different areas, if you will, that can affect or cause pinholes. It's not just one magic little bullet here. It's, it's a combination. The first thing it could be is uh, product viscosity. Uh, boy, I don't know how many times I've walked into a shop and heard someone say that they're having an issue with the product. It started out really good, but then it ended up kind of having some issues for pinholes. I look around and son of a gun, there's no lid on the can. Think of all the materials that are being sanded, ground on, all the dust that's in a shop. All that dust goes into the product, dries it out let alone the fact that the solvents that are in the resin, that are in the product, dry out and thicken up without that lid being on it. So the best advice I can give you for that scenario is put the lid back on it. At the end of the day, uh, before you go to lunch, walk by, just give the lid a bump. Make sure it's got a good seal. If the product's cold, well, if the product's cold, it's thicker. It's also harder to work with. Uh, so bring the product up to temperature. This time of the year, it can be a little cooler. Summertime is not so much, but in the summertime, is when those vapors and solvents can come out a little bit faster. So that's when it's critical. Put the lid back on it. So product selection has a lot to do with it as well. If you have a product that's drier or thicker, that's going to be a little bit harder to work with versus a product that's smooth and creamy. That's why you typically don't see as many pinholes in your glazing putty as you would as possibly in a, a body filler that's maybe a little drier and thicker. You're going to get pinholes in a fiber-reinforced product. Uh, there's just no way around it because of the fibers helping to hold everything down and holding the, uh, the air into the material. Proper mixing. Well, that comes down to not swirling the product or incorporating extra air into it. Um, if you've seen some of the videos that we have on our YouTube channel or if you've uh, seen some of our folks out in the field, what they try to do is to press the air out of the product as they're doing the mixing operation. Uh, what folks in the field do, uh, and you may have seen on our YouTube channel, is we'll take the product and press the air out of the, the mix, or I even do a, a figure eight mixing. Um, and uh, Max, if you're mixing, listening to this, I still use that technique, and thank you for showing that to me. That helps to press the air out of the product, so you're not incorporating air in during the mixing process. So there's our second step. Third, spreader quality. Oh my gosh. 
You know, for the idea of saving a little money and using a spreader over and over and over and over. Um, you know, years back in the day, the guy that I used to work for, God love him, bless his heart, he would tell us to uh, take our spreaders and throw them in a uh, an old metal coffee can with lacquer thinner. Ah, oh, those were the days. Well, guess what? That spreader would get so flimsy and floppy you couldn't put any pressure on it. Destined for pinholes. If you have a spreader that you've used over and over and over and over, it starts losing some of its shape. It starts losing some of its uh, its its tensile strength and form, and that's really hard to use to wet the surface out. You need the spreader to be stiff enough that you can wet the surface and then slowly build it. When you do the old glob-and-go method where you put everything on at one time, pretty much guaranteed you're going to have some issues with pinholes with that. So there's the third thing we can deal with. Now, when we're putting that on, what well, needs to go on the right type of surface we have to have a proper application in terms of proper preparation. So what do we mean by that? Well, if you're trying to wet the surface and it's been ground with 80 to 180 grit, that's relatively easy to do if you've got the right spreader again. But if you're trying to wet the surface with resin and you're trying to do it with a 36 grit grind mark uh, or worse, yeah, I've still seen some of those out there, um, it's difficult to do because now you're trying to press it down in those grind marks, as I call the striations or the nooks and crannies, and it's really difficult to do. So to wrap this all up, I would say, just remember this, uh, make sure the product is wet enough, you know, keep the lid on the can, uh, warm the can up so that it's going to be uh, at a proper uh, uh, viscosity when you're using it. Uh, proper mixing, don't incorporate any air into it that you're going to carry over in the process. Having the right quality spreader, you know what, I still, I've started to use the metal spreaders and I'm liking them more and more, and then applying the product over the proper sanded surface. So that wraps up for today. Stay tuned for more information. As always, if you'd like more information, feel free to reach out to one of your Evercoat representatives out in the field or tune in for more information at Evercoat.com. Thanks.